We, uh, we've got a cracker this morning. Um, it made me really, like, as preparing for this one, this preach this morning, it made me really appreciate how hard Dan had to work to, uh, to preach our, our recent preach before we uh, got this, uh, we got this great cracking um, mini-series from, uh, from Kev and Lydia, um, a kind of addressing um, our hearts and how we want to change for, for, the, for the beginning of this year. Um, we were working through the Sermon on the Mount and we'd kind of, we'd put, press pause um, at, at Dan's uh, s- s- last, last uh, message and it, was, it wasn't an easy one, was it, Dan? <laughs> those oaths. <laughs> um, those oaths. You made it, you, yeah, you, you sailed through, Dan, but it made me appreciate that you know, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of hard work that went into that one. And, um, and this week, similarly, I, um, I, I, I struggled, really, uh, with, this, uh, with this, this, this message to prepare. But I'm, I'm confident there's really something for us here. Okay? So that's good, isn't it? It's good news. Um, and uh, we, can, we can hope, we can, we can really hope that, that, and have faith that God's going to change us as a result of... of, of kind of reading through this passage today and, and kind of opening our hearts and, and hoping that, that the Holy Spirit's going to do something. So let's, um, let's go to the passage anyway, because today we're talking about retaliation. Retaliation, what does it even mean? Um, the passage is Matthew 5. Uh, I think it's verse 38, right? Yeah, good. So let's read along. You've heard it said, uh, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And and I think it's a really kind of interestingly kind of chewy text. At least it was for me. Um, Most of you probably are much better read than me and and kind of found found that a lot more. It made a lot more sense initially, but for me it took a bit of time, and I, I needed to kind of unpack maybe a bit of a context. So maybe I can, I can help a little bit from, uh, by sharing what I, I kind of uh, read into this. So I was kind of wondering what is really happening here. And I think it's, it's, fair, to, it's fair to see that, that Jesus is really kind of, um, he's really addressing um, a, a, a judgment culture. He's addressing a culture of, of, of accusations and he's, he's speaking to uh, a people who are, are kind of doing this often. And uh, the reason he was doing this is because um, I, th- I think there is, he, he's pick, picking up on something that's being kind of misused. Um, the thing that's being misused here is the, is the law. Uh, an eye for an eye is, is this old law that uh, we, we, we read about it in Exodus where the people of God were, were, were kind of being um, helped to, to deal with their differences, helped to deal with, with crimes quickly, on the move, 
Uh, they're in the wilderness and they're, they're setting up a whole court to kind of deal with, with small crimes or, 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 or of these things is, um, is something that they, they didn't have the luxury of doing um, uh, very easily. So an eye for an eye is a good way of, of kind of weighing up um, simple consequences for, for these kind of crimes. People, then people can move forward and, and they can kind of deal with this. There's a good deterrent on hand and there's, um, there's a good um, price to pay. Um, thankfully, you know, today we, we have kind of different judicial systems that kind of, uh, we, we've got the luxury of time, expertise and all kinds of differences. So we, we know it's a crude thing, but um, ultimately it's something that, that stuck with uh, the people of God, and uh, we read about it here. And the way that it stuck with it is that at the time there were there were kind of exchanges made. So if there was if um, if there was some slander, then there would be a good cause to to call someone to account um, over over the kind of the the names that they've been called, and to protect their house. Uh, if you've called me something to protect my house, I'm gonna I'm gonna call to you account for for that crime, and I'm gonna going to sue you for, for your cloak or, or something that's of, of value to, to make sure that the, the table is, uh, the, the, the scales are evened. And um, it, could, it could work, right? It, it could be a way of solving an issue. Um, but Jesus is seeing that it's not. And this is a culture where really accusations are flying left, right and centre. And um, justice is not really coming because people are kind of bartering for whatever they can you know well okay well I'll try and give you a cloak or maybe I can give you uh, my staff or you know it, it, trying to get away with with something and really there's something that Jesus is knowing that noticing in the heart of this behavior that I think it would be fair to say that he's trying to address through this and the heart of the matter is always what we're what we're noticing in uh, in a lot of these um, passages as we go through Sermon on the Mount. I think the headline really is that, and it's the same with oaths and, and, uh, and, and a couple of the other passages we've covered through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus really hates loopholes. He, la- he hates us, well, I should word it better, he hates us trying to find loopholes. Um, and uh, if you're not familiar with the word loophole, I looked it up in Finnish. I'm going to try and say it. It, was, it interested me a little bit. So it's... Uh, Porsan Reika. <laughs> Correct? <laughs> Which means pig hole. <laughs> Perfect sense, right? <laughs> so Jesus hates us trying to find a loophole, I reckon. And, uh, and I think the subheading is, the subheadline is, we love it when we think we found a loophole, right? <laughs> we love a good old loophole. So let's recap a little bit. Back when Kev spoke on anger, I think, I think the loophole there is, um, you know, I, I think you're a fool, but I didn't kill you. <laughs> there's, there's anger rising up, but the loophole is, you know, it's all right, it's all right, because I didn't kill you, I just thought you were a fool, right? Um, the, the loophole with adultery, well, I didn't have an affair, um, I was only looking, you know, don't, don't worry, I, I didn't have an affair. I was just looking around. I was just indulging my, my, the things I saw. Uh, in at number three, we've got oaths, which was Dan. Um, I'll swear on everything or anything just to make sure you are convinced and you believe me, right? It's another loophole. And if I swear on something, if I convince you, 
you'll believe me, and it doesn't really matter whether I do or don't do what I say I'm going to do. And now we move on to retaliation. I sum this up. It kind of sets the scene, but it's not all inclusive. I know I was wrong. I know I did wrong. But you're just being out of order. And it's, it's a real retaliation, isn't it? I know I did something wrong, but there's going to be more to get this score settled. When we are accused, the temptation is to do whatever we can to avoid the full consequences. And it just bubbles up inside of us. We can't really control it. Um, but can we? <laughs> I think, you know, this is something that can help us. It's, it's, it's to be expected that as we kind of vocalise our opinions, we disagree with other people, um, chances are we're going to offend people. This is kind of, it happens in everyday life, happens amongst us in church, and it's definitely going to, we see it happening around us, and it'd be wonderful if we could be great examples through that. Because um, we want to settle our differences, don't we? Um, and we want to do that lovingly. Jesus is really interested in our hearts, and, and, and when he, he talks about action, I think he's, and when he talks about doing, I think he's really talking about what's going on in there. And I think that, as we can continue to unpack this, that's what we're really wanting to, to dwell on, isn't it? So I'm going to do my best to help you um, kind of take some, some context away, take some, some thoughts, some, some actions. Uh, but really, it's over to you, it's over to the Holy Spirit to, to allow um, him to stir you in ways that you can look inwardly, ways that you can see your heart being affected by moments things that you might not be so content with, so, so proud of. Just as Steve um, spoke prophetically, um, just as, as he, was, he was challenging us, things that, you know, maybe, maybe I want to bring this to you, God, because I want this to change, and it's been holding me back. What's going on inside? So Jesus, um, challenge us to consider and even change how we act when we're being accused. Help us to understand how you want our hearts to be affected, please, Lord. Help us to trust you with your eternal justice. So, amen. Um, so this challenge, I think, is, um, is an interesting one. And it's a... It kind of, as I was reading about it, it, it kind of really touches onto this notion of retaliation. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an idea of revenge. It's an idea of getting, getting back, uh, getting your own back. And um, I don't know, revenge seems like a really um, like powerful thing. It seems like quite a lofty thing. Um, I'm drawn like with my kind of, uh, my, my narrative kind of, building mind, love stories and, and movies, I'm drawn to kind of imagine what revenge looks like. And I could only think of one, one scene, and it's a, it's a generic movie scene where there's, um, well, just imagine, just imagine <laughs> with me, indulge me. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole hall of fighting ninjas, right? 
And, uh, and th there's, the, there's, the, there's the wise, old, powerful sensei, and he's, he's doing really well for a long time, but eventually all of the, the evil ninjas, they're just too powerful. They overcome him. They, uh, they take him down with their katanas, and they just fly out of the window because they know that the, uh, the evil one's been, the, 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 the good sensei's been, van been killed. Um, but there is that dying moment where the, the, the young Padwan kind of crawls up, <laughs> crawls up to the dying sensei. There's blood coming out of his mouth. The sensei's kind of breathing his last. And he says, he lifts up, and he think, the Padawan thinks he's dead, of course, but just uh, lifts him up, and there's, his eyes just roll open for one last breath. <gasps> Avenge my death. <laughs> Take revenge for our household, or something like that. And then the last breath kind of leaves him. <laughs> and uh, this young, disillusioned Padawan, he, uh, he can't do anything but, but train for years. You know, he's, he's going to go away. He's going to do whatever he can to kind of bring back honour for his household. He's going to train and train. And then he goes back. All that whole of, of dark ninjas, they're vanquished. They're killed. In, in one foul swoop, he's gone through there. And he regains honour for the household. It's a glorious moment, isn't it? It's exciting. You think, yes! Come on, the movie, the movie's living up to my expectations. Anyone else excited by that kind of image? <laughs> it's exciting. It's a bit gory, but it's exciting. <laughs> um, I thought of three strikes against this image. Um, probably this wise old sensei, not a perfect guy. We think, we believe the, per the sensei could do nothing but wrong, but really, He's not perfect, is he? He, uh, he clearly didn't know, did, he underestimated his enemy. He might, might have been uh, probably provoking him to get himself into trouble, <laughs> saying something to, to get uh, the, the evil ninjas riled up. We don't really know, but if, if he was guilty of anything, he was guilty of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So he's not, he's not a perfect sensei. Strike one. Strike two. This, um, I don't know what you think, guys, but this vengeful killing spree that the Padawan goes on uh, and, and the years of, of pent-up vengeance is not really a healthy thing, is it? <laughs> um, it could be classified as mass murder. Um, <laughs> um, so strike two, strike two. Um, strike three, the Stensei is still dead. <laughs> He's not coming back. No act of vengeance is ever going to bring that sensei back from the dead. And, uh, and we could really dispute what honour looks like returning back. Um, we just don't really know, do we? Is it honourable? Who knows? It's in the eye of the beholder, really, here. And, um, and I'm going to try another Finnish, uh, another Finnish uh, saying. Gosto ella. Revenge will live. And of course it will, won't it? It will just carry on going. It will just carry on going. And uh, who knows, this, uh, this Padawan might be great for a while, but who's, who's, who's going to rise up from the Dark Ninjas and, and have, a go at the, have a go at the Padawan? We just don't know. It's going to go on forever. It's terrible. Who's still excited? Yeah. 
Still excited. <laughs> I'm not so excited about revenge now. <laughs> but Hannah is. I love revenge. <laughs> they do say revenge is sweet, don't they? It's, it's like, it's just, none of us really think, uh, we know that revenge is never going to help us, right? Deep down. Uh, but Jesus knows how our hearts work. We, we, we find revenge pretty appealing at times. And, um, and we can long to see it happen, even if we never act on it. We can really long for it, can't we? It can drive us nuts sometimes. The thing that you really want to happen, that you just oh, can't, can't bear. So if we long for revenge, and we can admit that, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, times we can't, can't fully, but if, in a mood when we can admit that we long for revenge, and we're we in agreement that it's not helpful, what ways can we see um, it happening in our lives? So what, what can we look for? Um, in the passage, Jesus knows that these accusations were commonplace. I've already mentioned that. So even the minor disagreements of slander were solved through the law of eye for an eye. Um, and it's just, it was often leading to arguments. Uh, the costs are so difficult to decipher. And people really wanted to exp exploit the complicated system. We've got to try and imagine that and reappropriate that for our lives. And so that's, um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying, really, really trying to help us with. And um, it really boils down to like, how do we respond to an accusation? So when someone says, you did this, or I don't agree with, with the way you're doing this, um, or any kind of attack that really questions what we're doing, the question that Jesus is, is, is asking is like, how do we respond? It says, do not resist the evil one. Jesus is challenging us to think about our hearts when we are under the pressure of accusation. What he is not avoiding here is the need for a fair trial or justice. So we're not talking about whether we're innocent or whether we're guilty here. We're just talking about a condition of how we really respond. Um, he's not questioning whether you need a fair trial. Um, I, ju I just kind of uh, sifted out Proverbs 20, uh, verse 10 says, unequal weights and unequal measures are both alike and an abomination to the Lord. So we know that the Lord wants justice for us. We're not talking about that. We're talking about how our hearts respond when we have an accusation. And uh, Steve, Steve's challenge is the one here, isn't it? It's how do we use our words and what's going on in our hearts to provoke us to that? So here's some things that none of us have ever said or even thought of before, okay? So we're all safe here, we're all safe. But they're just examples, right? They're just examples of things that we might say, um, but probably never said. I definitely have never said these things. No, it wasn't me. I can't believe you thought it was me, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. I was wrong. But you did do that thing as well, Lawrence. <laughs> you're lying, Dan. You're just lying. It's not right. It's not true what you say about me. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> 
yeah, it was my fault, but I'm the real victim. I'm the real victim in this, Dean. Uh, sorry, Dan. Dean, sorry. I am the real victim here. Well, this one's bad. This one's, uh, this one's really bad. None of us have ever said this. Yeah, yeah, I did it. But it was worth it just to see the look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> We've ne none of us have said anything like this, have we? Or what about this one? I hate to say it, but you had it coming. Are they? How about this? Is this a woman thing? What is it this time? Me again? Oh. No. They're generic. They're generic, I think. It's safer to say that. What is it this time? Or well, how about this? You'd better think about what you're about to say to me. <laughs> you better think about that before you say that. <laughs> Do you even know who I am? This is outrageous. <laughs> I can't believe this. And the last one. Uskumatonta. Olen shokisa. Um, unbelievable. I'm so shocked. These are the kind of things that none of us have ever said, right? Mm. But we, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're symptoms. They're things we say, okay? But why, why are we provoked to say those things is the most kind of alarming thing. It's helpful for us to know what we say so we can spot that, right? And we can go, oh, goodness. I can't believe I just caught myself saying that, or even thinking that I wanted to say that. But why on earth did I actually want to say that? Why on earth was I provoked? And um, I'm just gonna rattle through some of these things, because um, why not? I think it's really helpful for us to, I think, unpack some of the kind of uh, initial things, because often we're kind of brought to, brought to something which kind of lets us question, hang on, God, are you trying to point out this? And then we get brought to a foundation. So these are kind of some of our initial questions. And I'm probably not going to hit everyone, every, every nail on the head, but these are the kinds of things that we could be asking. Maybe you were provoked by, by pride. Maybe, maybe someone just kind of got you and you just wanted to defend your own, your own image. You, didn't, you couldn't help but lose face in that, in that moment. Um, I know I hate to be misunderstood. That's something I, I absolutely hate. Uh, when I try and communicate, someone says something that completely sounds different from what I've just said. And I think in that moment, I can't do anything other than defend my image because if they're gonna believe I said that, oh, then that means my image is in tatters. <laughs> um, and it's just such an injustice, isn't it? How am I gonna cope with the shame? Maybe you feel like you've been dealt with too harshly. Maybe it's an issue of, of, well, I can't believe that someone else is getting away with this when I, yeah, I, I know, I, I know I'm, I'm prepared to pay the price for this. I'm prepared to, to take the burden of this wrongdoing that I've just done. I can see that, you know, I'm not perfect. But over here, so-and-so, he's been dealt with like this. I can't believe it. And it's just a, a selfish feeling of, I, I want to be dealt with fairly. 
Why can't I receive a fair judgment? Um, how come someone else gets off lightly? I know I feel like that. Maybe you've just forgotten, I, I do this all the time, uh, maybe you've just forgotten to love your neighbour. Maybe it's just like the red mist has come down. It's just, there's no, there's no getting through and it's just that you have absolutely forgotten that there's a human being in front of you and you, you need to love them like Jesus reminds you to and uh, he commands you to. Um, maybe that's the case. Maybe you ought to be praying for your enemies in that situation. Maybe there's just stuff that you're dragging around with you, old wounds, old ways that you've been treated, that's really predicting the way that you're conducting yourself. Maybe you think, well, I've been treated like this in the past, and this all seems to be happening right now. So the way that I'm going to conduct myself, the way that I'm going to choose to act and treat you is going to keep me safe. Um, but it doesn't necessarily consider the way that you get treated. Maybe it's a, it's a, 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 a symptom of, of self-protection from old wounds. And um, I certainly know that, that when there are, there are things that I, I get caught up in and I, the alarm bells go, and as soon as I s start to see alarm bells in conversations or in, 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 in moments um, around me, I can't help but but act in ways that tr attempt to safeguard and attempt to kind of protect me from any of those old things coming back to haunt me, any of those old things coming to, to wound me again. Because um, I absolutely wouldn't want to be that vulnerable that, that those things um, would ever come and get me again. Um, I absolutely wouldn't want to trust that God's kind of healed me of those things. Um, and it's a, it's a self-protection mode. Maybe you just believe that you deserve better treatment. Um, maybe you just feel like you, this, is, this is an injustice. I don't actually really feel that the punishment fixed the crime here. Um, it, I, 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 I was thinking about, when I wrote that one down, I was thinking about parking tickets. You know? How frustrating. There's all kinds of things that we do, consequences of which are just, but we just don't really feel like in the moment that... The, the cost is actually really worth the, 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 um, the thing that we're doing wrong, the thing that we're being accused of. And um, we, often, we, we often just want to protect ourselves, don't we, from having to pay out. We just, we just can't bear it. There are a few. I mean, it's really not exhaustive. There's, there's so many questions about the ways in which we look into our hearts. I'm trying to offer a few because I could think of them and I was prepared. But I, I kind of encourage you to continue to think and inquire, like, what's going on in these moments? Why am I responding like this? And um, what, what is at the root? And I felt, like, as we, as we were going through these questions, the thing that really that there is in common with, with, with all of these things, really. When it comes to an injustice, when it comes to something that we feel 
we're just not being, we're not getting kind of uh, understood or we're not receiving what we, we thought that we ought to, or we just feel we want to get off lighter than we, 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 we feel that we should. Um, I really feel like one of the root questions is, do we trust in a sovereign judgment? Do we trust in a courtroom that is perfect? Because um, God is the true judge overall, and he's seen the injustice you're experiencing now, and he's seen all of the injustices you've experienced, and, and he sees favour with you. It's an amazing equation, isn't it? He actually sees favour with you, and if we're to trust in him, how much weight, you know, do, 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 does this, do, do these questions have now? How much, how much of a hold do all of these, these uh, different conditions that our hearts might be feeling, how, how much of a grip do they actually have? I think the issue of a courtroom is quite interesting. As I was preparing, I was thinking, like, a courtroom is like a real kind of... It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating environment. There's, there's, there's power for kind of to change lives in that room. There's power for justice in that room. Um, I listen to uh, a lot of true crime podcasts. Who else listens to true crime podcasts? Two other people. Three. Steve. Come on, Steve. Um, oh, you didn't. Oh, you just did. You just did this. Just did this. Just stroked your face. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but okay, you don't even need to watch a true crime, crime podcast to be fascinated about co uh, courtrooms. There's documentaries out there, isn't there? We have uh, police uh, documentaries. We have um, all of these kind of conspiracy court case documentaries. We have even fiction that's being put out every week about the kinds of cases that people are going to take to court. Um, are they going to solve the crime? <laughs> There's so many of them out there, and people love to watch them. I do. Does anyone like these kinds of crime thrillers? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's something really kind of, it's really gripping, and it, it draws you in because we're kind of seeing justice happening, and we can't wait to see it fulfilled. We can't wait for it. And when we think about the idea of, of God as a true judge, uh, and us stepping into the, the justice, that's a great picture. But the, the bad news is that the minor disagreements we have and, and kind of where we find ourselves in the injustice is that ultimately, out, before, we, before we give our lives to God, before we know Jesus, that, that minor disagreement is not, is not something we're going to win the fight over. Um, Oh, and even worse, it's the perfect distraction from us actually reconciling all the other stuff. And it's just a whole court case, isn't there? If you, can, if you can place yourself there, that's quite a heavy thing to do. But if you could place yourself in, in, the, in, the, in the box uh, and you have an accusa accusation against you, the, the story of your life is in front of God. And that's, that, that judgment is just. That judgment is full. That judgment is complete, and it doesn't look good for us. 
because God considers all of it, all of the shame, all of the guilt, all of the, the white lies, all of the, the, the kind of the, the pent up anger, all of the, even the heart conditions and, and questions that we never said or, or thought about even, but we probably did, that I mentioned earlier. All of those things get weighed and all of those count against us. So in light of the evidence against me, I don't have a chance in court against a, a just God. The good news is, of course, that in Jesus, we've got nothing to prove. Hallelujah. We are free from all of these judgments. This is the great news. This is the great news. Um, there's so many pictures that, that more eloquent um, preachers have given of the way that the, the debt really is paid, that it's not, um, it's not bargained out, it's not been brought down. The whole debt that we have against our lives is completely paid off. And, um, and Jesus did that for us. Jesus gave over his life and we were, we were hearing about this amazing picture of such a vulnerable man, such a, a perfect, beautiful man that we were singing about this morning as well. Knowing all of the stuff that we just couldn't, we couldn't get rid of in our life. Um, we could just, no matter how, what kind of lawyer we had, no matter how we tried to, to, to bargain, we were never gonna get this, uh, this sentence overturned. So Jesus paid the ultimate price by dying for us. We receive this amazing privilege of no longer needing to receive judgment, no longer needing to, to drag the, the judgment of, of this, this conflict, this potential um, feeling of, of guilt or this potential feeling of, of of pain that you're going to suffer from being involved in a in a conflict, involved in a in an argument, involved in a in in an accusation. We don't have to drag any of our guilt into that. We can leave that outside. It's going on well up there, isn't it? <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. Knowing that that's where we are. That's kind of, that's good news for us, isn't it? It's good news. It's, um, it's one of those things that, at one level, we can, we can scream about it, we can shout about it, we can, we can celebrate it. It's a, it's a really amazing gift for us to embrace. At another level, it's a massive challenge because our lives have changed. We, we no longer need to, to act being possessed by that guilt. We no longer need to act being provoked by our fear when we're being accused. That's a huge challenge, isn't it? But our hearts are the things that are bringing us through into that. Our hearts are the things that are allowing us to, to change our words. So with our eternal treasures in heaven, what do we have to lose over minor disagreements? Can, we can't lose face, can we? We, can't, we? we have really nothing 
to lose. Once we know the injustice of grace in our life, we can see that we are free to go even beyond what seems like a fair payback. And this is the interesting concept when we really start to pull ourselves into what's written here in this passage. Because at the end, it's kind of really making it very obvious to us. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who borrows from you. It's this, this picture that kind of repeats when, when Jesus challenges us to offer something, offer one cheek, he says, give the other. Hand over your cloak and your tunic and walk the extra mile. He's saying now, in this, in this position of grace, he's saying that in God's strength, not only can you resist that revenge, not only can you just pay back what's due, you can give back over and again what is expected of you. It's, a, it's, it's an amazing privilege, isn't it? It's an amazing way of conducting ourselves to others to show the love of God. It's a power that we have in the Holy Spirit. It's a power that we're given. How does that even look in our lives? How does it look? Don't know if you noticed, I didn't take my tunic off when I came in. Um, it, it is tricky, isn't it? Like, how do we actually? Because this 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 picture is not the easiest to appropriate uh, to contextualize, to bring into into like how are we going to give back double when when we are when we are when we are when we are accused? How are we not only going to say, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong, but then also go beyond that. How, how do we do that? I feel like this is where the Holy Spirit really needs to give us traction because ultimately we want to be a blessing, don't we? We want, we want to not only admit that we're wrong, because everyone can do that, but we also want to come with this, this, this flavour of God, which is, which is just profoundly above the order of getting into quarrels, it's, it, it, or getting yourself out of one. It's the, it's the motive of your heart. If you just get out of an argument, is that enough? Is that what Jesus is calling us to? Or does he actually want us to try and, and overcome and bless beyond belief. And um, this, is, this, is, this is where I want to pray for us, that we would, we would be seeking ways to, to bring the love of God into people's lives, not just to kind of try and win an argument, but to also um, admit our vulnerabilities, to kind of to, to come with, with meekness and actually serve and, and, and lay down lay down ourselves, our, our, our kind of defences, and, and allow our weaknesses to show. I wondered if it would be helpful, I hope it is, for me to just kind of give you some kind of very domestic kind of example of, of like how it can be so easy to kind of flare up your own, your, your, uh, well, mine, 
it's, a, it's my story, but how easy it is for, for these things to flare up and how ultimately my heart doesn't want it to happen and what I think is, is, a, is a more appropriate way of, uh, of behaving. And what really is, is going on in my heart when, when, it, when that happens. Um, I, I, I am quite a... Um, I like to see people driving in a just and fair way. <laughs> I, like, I like it when everyone allows each other to get where they want to go as, as, just as, as equally as everyone else. That is what I, I really like. So when I'm driving along and Alison's sitting next to me, oh, it's this side, it's Finland. When Alison's <laughs> sitting next to me, um, and we're in, a, we're in a queue because we're approaching some, some roadworks and, and there's, a, there's a lane merging in, right? There's roadworks here and I'm in this lane because I know that this lane is the one that I want to be in and this is the lane wh which everyone else is in because they all want to go home. But there's one person, there's one person, isn't there, that doesn't care about the queue who wants to merge in right down to the bit where it merged. They come in down the empty lane and they come right up in front of me. And I could either, like, graciously, here you go, sir. Here's my space. Drive in front of me. Good day to you. <laughs> Enjoy your cup of coffee when you get home. Um, but I just creep forward. <laughs> and uh, I, can, I, I, will, I will not only creep forward, I'll give it the stare <laughs> off to the side. And I will, I will, I will, <laughs> I will be very assertive in that moment. This car will try and then come a bit forward and I'll just go a bit further. And eventually the barrier's kind of like stopping this guy. And it's just a kind of, it's a moment of Russian roulette. Who's gonna, who's gonna get to the point where they can't go forward any further? Oh, I win this time. <laughs> I get home one car faster than you. You will learn, you will learn. <laughs> Hello, darling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now usually, Alison challenges me in a very fair and honest way. Luke, you don't need to do this. You have nothing to prove. Darling, why is this that you, you feel you have to teach people these kinds of silly lessons? If I don't teach these people lessons, <laughs> how, is, how is anyone going to learn? How is anyone going to learn? We have to do this kind of stuff so that the world moves forward. Otherwise, it's chaos. It's, just, it's chaos. My heart is hard and the mist has come down. I want to get home just as quickly as this other person and I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that happens. I repent of that. Like, it is such an ugly behaviour. It's such a stressful thing for Alison to go through. It is exhausting. It is so exhausting. And it is so prevalent. You know, if Jesus was talking to an accusation culture about 
You, you defamed my household, I take your tunic. This, this immoral immorality on the roads is just as, as prevalent, it's just as common. Uh, people taking the law into their own hands and not really ever seeing justice happen. But people feel like they've got off with the right judgment or they feel like they've dealt out the right judgment. Justice has been served, nothing has changed. It's just pointless, it's pointless. I repent of that and, um, and I, I do that because I just care too much to put my wife through trauma. I hate to think what this other guy's thinking. It's just, it's just so childish. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't help anyone along. And not only that, I'm not really focusing on being a blessing when I'm driving. Even if I was to just decide, right, okay, I, I turn away from that. I've repented of this behavior. That's not enough. That's not what George, Jesus is, 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 is calling us to do. You know, not saying don't repent. If you're, if you're sinning, stop it. Like, don't do that anymore. You're, you're living a new life. It doesn't have power over you. Stop acting that way. But the issue with the heart is that you are released to go over and above. You are released to now be a blessing and use this platform to transform the world around you. The roads could be a much more wonderful place, <laughs> couldn't they? My, my, the journeys with my wife could be such a lovely time where we're, where we're praying together. <laughs> <laughs> and worshipping to the radio. <laughs> why not? Why not? I don't know, really. There is no good reason why not. Jesus calls us to, to be creative in this, doesn't he? He's giving us the license to, to actually give back generously over and above. He's calling us above selfishness. Because he wants us to be generous hearted instead of just being good at winning arguments, right? So why don't we respond? If you feel like there's something that the Holy Spirit has to say to you or that you really would like the Holy Spirit to say something to you, why don't you stand up and, and, and just open your hands to him? You don't have to, but I just urge you to consider that this issue is just something that can so easily go unchecked. And it really should not be a problem for us. Once we are saved, once we are standing before Jesus and we've received his full blessing of grace, what do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? <laughs>